At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Hope Mickey Mouse has been working on his post-interior defense because LeBron James is about to waltz into the paint and teabag him right below the rim this August. So make sure your feet are above the restricted area arc, Mickey. Make sure they're above the arc. Anyway, this is indeed the Lakers Legacy (laughs) Podcast, and we are back, kind of. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I have no idea how to do this anymore. But luckily, I am also joined by my typical co-hosts, Alan, Riley, and Tommy Alexander, who I'm pretty sure have no idea how to do this anymore as well. But we are all still at home doing the damn thing. What thing? Who knows? But we can't wait for the return of basketball as the NBA is also back, kind of. Alan, welcome back to the show. Hope you've been doing well. I guess icebreaker question of the night is, what's the most exciting thing that's happened to you in the last three months of quarantine at this point? Most exciting thing. Ah, uh, geez. I, it's like a, I was trying to like come up with a stupid, silly answer, but I, I couldn't really think of one. Like nothing stupid <laughs> or silly fine. has happened this time. So um, I've been getting more in touch with my musical side over this time. Um, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that I play taiko drums and all that stuff. So one of our amazing instructors has been teaching us how to compose music, which is not something that I ever thought I have any capability of doing. Um, and I am like pleasantly surprised with how fun and, um, like how easy it is to get in the zone when it comes to Mm -hmm. just coming up with different, like in this case, like drum beats and grooves and things like that. Um, I'm sure everything that I've created thus far has been utter garbage, but <laughs> he has given me like positive feedback, little pats on the back saying that nice. it sounds cool. So, uh, yeah, just getting again in that kind of flow state and working with those sorts of things whenever I have some downtime, which is almost all day, every day. Um, 
has been really fun and just unexpected. So that's been a highlight for me. Dope. So if you're wondering what our new intro song is to the oh, show, gosh. that's by Takashi. Takashi right? Hell no. That's your DJ name, right, Alan? Do you have your DJ name set? DJ name, yeah, yeah. For, I haven't really thought about it. So if, if you guys want to leave some comments or whatever with suggestions, <laughs> I'm afraid to read them. But yeah, go for it. I like Takashi. Um, <laughs> Me too. Me too. Uh, Tommy, same question. Welcome back to the show. And what's the what's been the oh, most exciting you. thing <laughs> about your your quarantine these last few months? Also, how's your hair watch 2020 doing? Have you had to cut your hair? Has Nicole helped you trim it? Or are you letting it grow Stephen Adams style? Oh, Nicole cut my hair, but I actually got a haircut like a week and a half ago. Like, like literally the day that it became permissible in Los Angeles County. I made it. I'm not. I'm not joking you. That, that's fine. Like that same no day that it became here. that it became permissible. I scheduled a haircut and got one, so I'm good. I'm good on that front. Um, I. I've been bored as hell. Um, I. I haven't had a lot going on. Um, I guess like I don't even. This is not remotely exciting, but I've I've just because we've all been home the first month. It's crazy that we're counting down in months. I mean, we're like three months into it, but the first month of quarantine, I was super super slow at work, which was awesome because all I did all day was just play all these video games that I never had the chance to play in like the last you know ten years or whatever, and it, or honestly, some of them for for my entire life because some of them were super old, but. That was really fun. Um, lately, mm. I've gotten into um, – I, well, I wouldn't say I've gotten into it. I've become like below minimum competency at like cooking. Um, I can I can do some stuff in the kitchen now. And I'm not going to like – you know, I know that the obvious next question is what are you making? It's like I don't have a signature dish or something. <laughs> I just – I know how to operate in the kitchen, which for me is like a, a step up from where I was before. Um, nice. So, so those are the two things I've been working on. That's awesome. Um, as you can see, well, Alan and I are on video right now. My hair is getting has grown a lot. It's been pretty curly. I, I cut it once, and it went pretty well, but I haven't cut it since then, so it's been now like two months, so I'm probably going to go to Supercuts or something soon as well, although I don't know. The length is okay. Um, You're rocking it, dude. Don't oh, worry. thank you. Uh, the most exciting thing for me this quarantine has been – I have a girlfriend. Uh, hey, oh. you do? I do. I do. What you? What the? F you never texted me about this. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I I wasn't sure. Like, there's a lot of judgment going on around right now. It's a crazy time, and uh, you know, I, we were joking the last time we podcasted that I was like just for amusement purposes and because it's like a novelty, I want to be able to just have one virtual date with somebody. Well, I guess the joke's on me because I had one virtual date and the rest is history from there. So wow. yeah, we can get into to more of that later or off the show. But I do, I do have a girlfriend right now and we have had many virtual dates and... Um, Okay, I can I can mention. So everyone our... drooling over Jonathan, just back off right now. That's the exactly. that's the PSA sorry, right sorry, now. all the girls. Who are <laughs> that's the to purpose. Us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so our first virtual date, we uh, I, we wanted to make it a little bit more fun outside of just FaceTiming. I know Tommy was like, "Why don't you just FaceTime instead of do Zoom or WebEx?" But um, we, I ordered the same food for me and her. So we had the katsu curry. And then, oh, that's fucking classy. I also got, <laughs> I know, right? Katsu curry, and I got those boba milk tea bars. You know, those are all the rage right now in quarantine. 
Come on, son. I know. Um, and actually, I told her I was going to Postmates everything to her, but I realized like coordinating that would have been difficult in the timing because I got the katsu curry from Little Tokyo. So I decided to social distance, drop the food off to her. And so we actually saw each other with our masks on. Uh, and then I went back home, and then we, I think we Zoomed. So we ate the same food, had boba milk tea bars, and did a question and answer time with each other. So to, to preface everything, this wasn't the first time we were talking to each other. We had talked on the phone for, for hours for like the last five days prior to this, so we had gotten to know each other better. So it wasn't just like, hey, this is the first time meeting you. Do you want to go all out and be super extra? So uh, yeah, so that's the story. I have a girlfriend now, so shout out to her. All right, with that said, we're here to talk about the Lakers and the NBA. Before we do that, though, I just wanted to preface everything by saying we know there are a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now. COVID-19 and the closure of the original Dintai Fung in Arcadia notwithstanding. (laughs) But we just wanted to make sure to acknowledge that we remain sensitive and aware to all of the civil unrest going on in the nation right now and that we stand in solidarity with all of our black brothers and sisters in this time. We are obviously not a political podcast and our goal here has always been to give you guys a bit of a reprieve from the weightiness of the world. But the least we can do and say in this time is Black Lives Matter. Um, We will also provide links in our description box to some black organizations that you can support in this time should you choose to do so. Um, as with this whole pandemic, we are all in this together. So stand up for what's right and continue to be safe and smart in the process. Um, all right. With that said, basketball is set to return July 31st. Before we get into our thoughts on seeing balls go into hoops once again, reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us five stars on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many Disney mascots the NBA will have standing in as fans at the arena (laughs) when these guys play. So just imagine Goofy yelling profanities at the ref. It'll be a grand old time. (laughs) Alan, (laughs) Alan, bust out your uh, Disney, um, what's it called, impressions. (laughs) Oh, shoot. That was pretty good, dude. What the heck? That was really good. Holy crap. I I want to see Robin Lopez uh, wrestle. With all the mascots. <laughs> uh, that might actually throw him off because Robin Lopez is playing for the Bucks right now or should be playing for the Bucks. Um, him and his brother, actually. So they might be thrown off by having all those mascots in the stand. So advantage us. Um, <laughs> speaking of rating and reviews, tonight our impressionist extraordinaire, Tommy Alexander, will be reading the review of the night as one of the It's a Small World After All animatronic robots from the It's a Small World <laughs> Disney, Disney World ride. So It's a Small World Robot Boy, take it away. <laughs> <clears throat> this review is entitled More Than a Bit Lit. <laughs> written, on, written in December 2019 by Joel Reeder. When the lit... When the Lakers' successful start to the season made me realize that I basically can't get enough L.A. Lakers-related podcast content into my ears, I was glad to discover these guys. Always a fun, lighthearted conversation that balances unabashed fandom with clever insights and knowledgeable analysis. Very nice. Thank you, Joel Reeder, for the five-star review. 
Tommy, that was amazing. What went into your channeling of It's a Small World, after all, animatronic robot boy? I felt like I was there, by the way. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I tried to imagine um, all of the struggles those robots are going through right now. They don't have anyone <laughs> coming through on the rides. It's just been them alone in those dark buildings <laughs> for months. And they're just going all day, you know, like they don't sleep. <laughs> And, and frankly, this is something that we don't talk about enough, you know, know? but I don't know. But anyway, that's what, that's what went into it, Jonathan. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Oh man. Uh, If you're watching this on video, I'm crying. Um, Great. That was amazing. Please rate and review us five stars on uh, iTunes. I think we're at 410. We still have yet to hit 420. I know quarantine's probably affected that, but please help us get to 420. Also, I think this is episode 299, so we're about to reach 300. I kind of wanted to queue it up so that 300 would be the first day the NBA returns, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have an episode before that. But either way, pretty momentous occasion coming up. Uh, Also, if you'd like to support us financially in any small way, you can check the description box below and support all the black organizations that we link you to. Um, All right, here we go. Basketball's back. The NBA Board of Governors and the NBA Players Association have all agreed to resume basketball in Orlando for a a two-and-a-half-month basketball extravaganza with 22 teams competing for the chance at a championship. Uh, There are some rumblings about a handful of players being unsure of whether they like the idea of being holed up for weeks to a month in Orlando and whether they like the idea of even playing basketball at all during such uncertain times, but it seems like the NBA is making contingency plans for everything, including allowing substitution players to fill in for anyone who chooses to remain home. So with that said, uh, Tommy, if you wanted to quickly just lay out the general specifics of the logistics of what's going to be happening come July 31st, should everything continue down this path? Everything's been green lit from here on out, but we're not sure what potential snags might happen, including, you know, the rise in new COVID cases. But right now it seems like everything's on. But uh, how does this new structure for the NBA heading into the playoffs look, look like? Yeah, so the new structure, actually, I was pretty impressed that they were able to put something together that um, seems to make sense. But so 22 teams are going to Orlando in a bubble site. Um, The way they determined the teams was if you were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, you're not going. Um, So that leaves 13 teams in the West and nine teams in the East. Um, Each team will play eight regular season games, which are basically just an extension just continuing their regular season schedule. If you were due to play, obviously there were several teams were due to play, you know, one of the eight teams that that's not going to Orlando. So the schedule is going to be shaken up a little bit there Mm -hmm. after the eight games, which actually this was surprising to me. I mean, I guess it never registered to me how close we were to the end of the season, but after eight games, that will be 72 regular season games played. So Mm -hmm. it was like nearly the entire season of games was played. Um, Seeding will be determined. You know, it's not just based on those eight games. Obviously, it's the, your entire season record counting these eight games. Um, if the eight and nine seed are within four games of each other, they are going to do a play-in for the eighth spot. Um, just to add a little excitement, I guess. Uh, and then after that, it goes into typical, you know, eight teams per conference playoffs. The one crazy thing that has gotten me really excited is. 
the regular season is happening over, I think, six, 15 or 16 days, and it's eight, 22 teams each playing eight games. So the result of that is for 16 days, there's going to be like six games a day on. And then it's just <laughs> going to be bananas. And then even even the um, the regular or even the regular playoff schedule is going to be a little bit more insane than normal because there's not the two day travel um, breaks. Right. Every everyone's going to be in Orlando, so the max days off I think will be one day off in between games. So That's even crazy. the playoffs are going to be like you know for the the first round is always loaded with games, but even the second round will be um, you know still pretty busy I imagine and. It's going to be uh, a pretty exciting, a pretty exciting time, I think. Yeah, it's pretty much going to be summer league on steroids or NBA March Madness, which is insane to think about. And I don't know how they're going to do the schedule, but I'd imagine there would have to be one because it's in the East Coast. There would have to be day games, right? Or that's right. Yeah, because I because there's not going to be multiple arenas going on at once, so they'd have to almost schedule it like summer league where. You know, starting at noon, I'd imagine so. Starting at well, noon, there would be yeah. a game and then back to back to back. But I actually don't know. I, and this is probably something I should have looked into before I gave the spiel. But I, I, I'm not sure if the – is there only one gym? Is that how it's working? Or is there more uh, more than one location? Even if there's more than one, I can't imagine that there would be the same capacity to – I can't imagine there'd be four stadiums, right? But probably I don't know. not. Probably yeah. not four. But yeah, I mean, and and certainly ratings are a factor. The NBA is trying to get money back, so they're not going to want to overlap a ton of the games. I'm right. I'm envisioning it as just like nonstop games, <laughs> you know, like just, just like games on games like, on games. Yeah, games on games <laughs> on games. Like every day for 16 days is going to be like the first weekend of March Madness, essentially, which is <laughs> which is just going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be a basketball junkie's dream. So, I mean, we've held off for this long. Uh, it's going to be insane. Yeah, so to touch on some of the details that Tommy brought up, I think uh, the eight games are going to happen, uh, obviously, starting July 31st, and then it'll lead up to August 15th. All of these dates are tentative. And then they have the last finals game scheduled for around October 12th, I believe. And I think after that, we have, obviously, the draft and then free agency. And I think the timing on that is still going to be hashed out. But right now, probably that's going to happen. What, free agency is going to happen in November. And then next season will likely start. They, they had initially slated like the first week of December. But I mean, realistically, it'll probably, probably be mid-December or even Christmas time that the next season starts. Regardless, in this truncated schedule, it's going to be basketball to blow your brains out pretty much, which I'm excited about. Um, so Tommy touched upon the eight regular season games. Um, there are a few teams, including the Lakers, that don't that will not be able to reach that eight-game threshold because the opponents on their schedule, there's only about seven who are going to be attending uh, the Orlando tournament, or the, I mean, I guess the playoff tournament, um, in terms of competitive teams. So I think the Lakers will have to play either the Miami Heat or the Orlando Magic uh, for their last game, their eighth game, because those two teams also wouldn't reach that eight-game threshold due to their remaining schedule, 
uh, that they had before quarantine hit. So a little confusing, but I mean, just every team is going to have eight games. And if they don't hit that because they had too many um, bottom feeder teams in their schedule when quarantine hits, they will likely have to face the other teams that uh, will also not hit eight games. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, the playoff bubble will be interesting. Tommy, do you remember which teams, I know the one in the, which teams from both conferences that are on the bubble that are going to be playing? I know in the Western Conference, it's Portland, Sacramento, Phoenix, New Orleans, right? That's right. Oh, that makes up 12. I'm missing one team. Um, oh, and then the current eighth seed, which it, or who's the current eight? The current eighth seed Memphis. is... Memphis. No. Oh, yeah, Memphis. Or wait, are you missing the Spurs? Oh, the Spurs. That's right, the yeah. Spurs. Um, and then the Eastern Conference. What's the one team that's... I want to say it's Washington. I can't remember who the current eighth seed is, but Washington is the ninth seed. It is, seed. it is. That's yeah. right. So that'll that'll be uh, interesting to see. And obviously, there's a lot of moving parts here in terms of are all the players going to be coming to this. But before we get into all of that, uh, Alan, what are your thoughts on, I guess, one, basketball coming back, life without basketball? Obviously, we've, we're trying to just get back into the flow of things, but uh, I'm sure you're feeling rusty. But hearing this news... And prior to hearing how the setup was going to look like, did you envision your own sort of uh, idea of how you wanted this to play out? Or at this point, you're just like, basketball's back. I'll deal with whatever logistics are coming my way. I'm just excited at this, the new prospects here. <clears throat> Pretty much the latter. I, I didn't do a whole lot of creative thinking or a deep dive into what could be the best possible way you know, to move going forward. Um, at the beginning, I think I, along with most people, kind of had my head geared for no basketball at all right because it's like i don't want to be disappointed by the summer really hoping for it being optimistic and then there's nothing so i accepted the fact kind of like how baseball is going to look it's like you know what there's probably just there's aren't going to be any sports until 2021 so whatever i'll just keep occupying myself doing other things so um yeah when all this news came out um it was obviously bright spot but just knowing that as adam silver said we're still in the first inning so to speak there are so many things that need to fall in place and work right. out perfectly. And, you know, there's talk about certain coaches, you know, potentially not being able to attend these games because of their age and, you know, Alvin Gentry, Popovich, et cetera. So there are just so many details that need to be ironed out. So proceeding cautiously optimistic, right, is kind mm -hmm. of the key here. Um, my gut says things will actually resume. Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for like a March Madness style NBA, obviously. And if games are starting like 10 o'clock in the morning, because that's 1 p.m. over there on the East Coast, and then mm -hmm. they go until uh, 10 p.m. our time, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty lit, boys. It is gonna be pretty lit. I I mean, I'm wondering whether they will go that late because it is East Coast time, right? I'd imagine we'd probably get some Lakers games that start at 5 p.m., but you're right. They may do, like, a Midnight Madness sort of thing where they start it. I, I mean, I, I actually don't know, but that would be insane if they start a game at, like, midnight and we're watching hours, it at 9 dude, p.m. 12 but, hours of basketball. Um, yeah, that'll be fascinating to see how that all plays out. Do you have any questions of your own in terms of, like, lingering things logistically that you just want to throw out there about how basketball is going to really resume? Because it's not going to be the same, obviously, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, I think for the eight-game regular season, it'll be interesting to see how the minutes, <laughs> you know, how the, what the rotations look like and things like that. Especially, um, you're, you're trying to balance 
building that chemistry up again. Granted, there will be training camps and whatnot. Um, along with, you don't want guys to get hurt, of course. So you're, you're trying to load manage in a way. So that sort of um, balancing act between the two mm-hmm. is going to be pretty fascinating to watch. Thankfully, again, our coaching staff is full of a <laughs> bunch of very intelligent like head coaches, essentially, uh, yeah. and a lot of vets who get it. So um, as far as how well-equipped like the Lakers are to deal with this situation, I'm pretty confident in um, how we'll kind of resolve these sorts of things. But mm-hmm. yeah, that is one thing that I'm curious about, and I'm looking forward to seeing. For sure. And we'll get into the Lakers angle of things in a little bit. Uh, But Tommy, I wanted to ask you, I know before all this had been sort of, well, quote unquote, set in stone, we had been talking about different sorts of ways that we thought would be the best way that the the league could come back. And I know initially you wanted to kind of just keep things status quo as much as possible because things were already going crazy. Um, And it seems like that's the angle that they went with. Um, So what are your thoughts on yeah, I guess this coming to, together and even with, you know, things being quote unquote sort of normal in terms of the playoff structure, I, I just feel like we're in a once in a lifetime sort of deal where you just kind of just soak it in watching basketball at an earlier time, watching on consecutive days, consecutive back to back to backs, multiple teams going all at once, working from home with the TV running in the background. I mean, we might need to check ourselves just to make sure that, we're, I don't know, it's going to be insane. But yeah, um, given the fact that the NBA chose to go not the crazy route where it's like almost World Cup style and that they decided, okay, the craziest we'll get is there's going to be a play-in tournament. But given all of that, how are you feeling about everything? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think when it was, again, this is another one of my opinions that have shifted um, significantly over the course of the quarantine. When we first started in like the, if you asked me at that, you know, mid-April or something, how I felt about the NBA coming back, I probably would have said like, just don't bring it back. <laughs> like, don't bother. It's, this is like all so stupid. It's like now we're, you know, taking all this time off right in the middle of the season and it just feels like a waste of time. Um, mm-hmm. I've become so bored and desperate for sports that I'm happy to like accept anything at this point. I actually think that their plan for coming back is not horrendous. It's, going to delay the start of next season, but actually the way they've done it, it's not really going to significantly delay the start of next season. So especially given where this current season is going to end now. Um, so I actually really like the way they've done it. Um, and I'm excited. I mean, there's going to be an asterisk on, you know, this year in general, I guess, but it is what it is. Like you, you said, it's a once in a lifetime. I mean, for us, it's literally probably going to be once in a lifetime. I, I suppose this sort of thing might happen during, you know, CBA negotiations or, but, but not mid season. Right. So it, it's a weird situation and, um, I'm excited to see what happens. And if the Clippers win, it doesn't count. So it's great. Exactly. <laughs> totally agree. But if we win, it does count. Oh, it counts 200%. Uh, 200% indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, the best part is just seeing, like you said, you're throwing everything into a pot here. Uh, There's a million different ways you can go with this. It's going to be interesting to see how each of your respective teams that you root for adapt to this situation as we have tried to adapt as human beings in general with all of these uh, crazy situations happening uh, just in the last three months. So I think in terms of just it's something new to watch and look at. Just from that standpoint, it should be exciting. 
Uh, all right, if we do have sponsors, we're going to have them come in right now and break it up right here. When we return, we'll talk about more Lakers-specific questions. So we will catch you guys after the turn. Okay, so the Lakers are also going to be back, presumably with their same roster plus their G League players. Um, Alan uh, kind of touched upon it earlier, but how the Lakers attack these eight these first eight games should be interesting because I don't think at this point anybody needs rest. Uh, so, you know, to end a normal season with your last eight games, you'd be staggering rotations and lineups and giving, you know, your star players rest. While I assume that may happen to an extent, I feel like the Lakers are just going to roll out their playoff rotation right from the get-go. And maybe the only thing that they adjust is how many minutes they're giving those players. So I don't think LeBron's going to be playing 40 minutes, obviously. But I don't know. How, how do you guys think they're going to approach this? How do you, do you think they should ramp up as they get closer to those eight games because the playoffs are right around the corner? Or do you think, hey, let's just keep it consistent throughout the eight games, LeBron, AD, 35 minutes, you know? Because it, ideally, you'd ramp it down the minutes. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's like if the playoffs are right around the corner after those eight games, even if there is a little play-in tournament time, like you'd want your players to experience and know what it feels like to play for 35, 38 minutes on a real rotation. So, yeah, Alan, what are, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe like the first couple of games, it'll be kind of easing right back into things. But after that, I'd imagine they would pretty aggressively ramp up into uh, just a normal kind of thing, right? So it's kind of an inverse, like you said, of what we would typically experience within the last couple weeks of the season. So, uh, yeah, I think they just got to get their legs under them, kind of get their lungs, right, like expanding appropriately because game shape is totally different Mm -hmm. from training camp and whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, I could see some slightly reduced minutes all around to start and then, you know, it's like once they get a feel like, okay, we're, we're good now, I'd imagine things just essentially go back to normal. Um, so yeah, that's what I would anticipate. Yeah, and also because the Lakers, uh, I don't think they're going to, their standing is going to shift that dramatically. I think they'll probably stay the number one seed even after the eight games. And so they will just have a default rest period uh, when that play-in happens between the Western Conference teams and if Washington has a chance. But, yeah, Tommy, same question to you. And before you go, one thing that I thought of that's kind of interesting and maybe why some players are kind of questioning whether they should even go is that in those eight games, if the Lakers are going to be playing their full playoff rotation, you're just asking random dudes who are your, what, 13th, 14th guy on the bench to come and just watch, I guess, and not do anything? I guess they'd practice with you, and maybe because they've been so bored, they'd be willing to do that. And I guess there is incentive because they will get paid. But it does seem a little, you know, you're not even going to get to see Taylor Horton Tucker play, you know, because initially, if this was a normal season, your last eight games, oh, just throw THT out there and watch him go buck wild. But here, it's just like, hey, THT, just be here as triple insurance but likely you're not going to play at all maybe you'll help us out in practice but just quarantine yourself for the next three months with us you know so that's just an interesting angle that i just thought of that's kind of oh yeah i guess there is some reason for like bottom feeder sort of players to be like why am i doing this again but i guess it might bring just back simply adam go- morrison <laughs> exactly it might just simply go down to it might just simply go back to pay but uh yeah tommy your thoughts on how the lakers should approach the first eight games and then yeah 
Yeah, I think they will. I think they're going to go in pretty strong, to be honest. I mean, it, a lot of it will come down to what the trainers and health staff think makes uh, makes the most sense. But what training camp officially starts um, end of this month or beginning of next month? But you know, to be clear, they're all like the serious teams are all working out already. I'm mm-hmm. sure they're all like like even if group workouts are permitted or not, I'm sure like the serious teams are are doing that kind of stuff already. And then they have a month of training camp, but we've essentially had an entire off season of time off right now. Um, maybe game one there's, or game one, game two, there's a slight amount of ramp up in terms of, you don't want to throw somebody who hasn't played basketball, you know, in three months out there to 35 minutes right away. But I think it's going to be aggressive to be honest with you, because Mm -hmm. AD and LeBron, I mean, 35-38, that's conservative, I think, for playoff basketball. Like, they need to be getting ready for playing, like, 40 minutes a game. And and during a normal season, they do get a slight ramp up before a slight ramp down, you know, maybe for the last Mm -hmm. game or two. I just, I don't know that we have a ton of leeway for that kind of thing. Uh, My understanding is every team is playing one back-to-back in this uh, eight-game schedule. So in the seven games, you figure LeBron AD and maybe some of the other vets rest on the uh, back, probably the second night of the Um, Mm back-to-back. But I think it's through game eight, it's honestly, it's going to be maybe, like I said, first couple games ramp up. And then I honestly think they might be like, it might feel like four or five playoff games because that's what we would do even in a regular season. Mm -hmm. And there's just not as much time to, to get ramped up. I think on the roster point, your point is super fair. You know, it, it's like you could say, like, well, that's what happens in a normal season anyway. These bottom feeders come along for the trip, but they don't actually play. But, I mean, obviously this isn't a normal season. Um, I don't know that we know all of the details about how this mm-hmm. is going to go. I, You know, right before we started, the Shams tweeted that um, NBA teams are going to be allowed to bring 17 players, including their two D-League spots. But I guess mm-hmm. what's unclear to me, though, is that do those – like when you say including the like that's what the current rules are right it's 15 plus 2 D leaguers which would make 17 or two two way guys i should say which which would make 17 but the way it was phrased was kind of confusing like if we don't want to bring the two way players can we bring an alternate there was all this talk about having right. alternate players like um which would bring in like you know the potential of of using a guy like DeMarcus Cousins even cuz he he's familiar with the team he's been around the team yep. the whole year that would be like a really obvious guy to plug in as a as a backup particularly if we're concerned that um our big men could get hurt or you know like JaVale obviously has pre-existing conditions um with his asthma so there there are some the roster stuff I think we just don't know the full details on but in terms of how we're going to use our core group I think it's going to be a very quick ramp up into mm-hmm. getting into playoff shape. Yeah, I agree. I think that maybe the first few games uh, including training camp obviously the health staff um will probably be assessing I think training camp will be an assessment of just how in shape any of these guys are, right? So it's like almost like, yeah, get back into basketball shape, but also how much can we actually stretch you guys? Um, I guess, I mean, this is going to just be so interesting because every player from every team, that everybody could just be on so many differing levels of fitness and whatnot. So that variability adds another layer of intrigue, I guess. But um, because of that, maybe it is fair because we just won't know. Every team is going to have players who are up and down the scales of just how ready they are. And training camp will probably be, be the time that they assess that. And maybe the first few games, 
just to make sure that these players are ready and to prevent from injury down the road, just make sure that, you know, they do have the longevity and durability to withstand this. So it's going to be interesting. I don't have any problems or issues with, uh, I don't have any concerns with regards to how LeBron James has been prepping. I think he was on like the road tripping podcast recently and just said that they have a text chain between all the guys on the team and they pretty much stayed in touch every day and guys are staying connected. And obviously people on the team have differing um, levels of just uh, their training facilities at their house, if they have one and just what they, what they can use and what they can work with. Um, but I think just knowing that everybody's in the loop uh, as has been in the loop throughout this entire time is I guess comforting and encouraging. And I think, so, I don't know if you guys saw that video of just a random fan uh, driving down the streets of LA who took the video of LeBron James and Anthony Davis riding their bikes together. I think J.R. Smith was there too, so maybe we signed yeah. J.R. Smith down the road. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, I mean, that, that's good to know that everybody is uh, still finding ways to be connected and, and stay fit. And obviously LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you don't have to worry about. But yeah, there's just so much to take into account. Um, I guess one question is obviously there's going to be no home court advantage. Um, do you, do we think that this is going to impact the Lakers at all? Oh. Um, I, if anything, I think all of these guys, all these players, they should find joy in going back to the roots of basketball and the fundamentals of basketball. So I think there's intrigue there. Um, but with regards to the Lakers, you know, anywhere they'd go, even if it's a road game, they'd have fans in the crowd, crowd who, who would help pump them up and everything. So I feel like you definitely lose that energetic electric energy from them that kind of helps boost momentum and so that's obviously going to be less of a driving factor um but yeah alan what are your thoughts on uh just home court advantage and whether or not not having home court advantage will help or hurt the lakers um it may relieve some pressure off guys like kuzma or kcp you know who in a playoff setting you're not sure how those guys yeah you're not sure how those guys would respond right but it's technically going to be if I mean, if you remove yourself from just the the weight and intensity of the situation, it's technically going to be just like a practice gym, you know, college environment. So maybe that will relieve some pressure off of them. But yeah, what are your thoughts on home court advantage or lack thereof? Yeah, I mean, it affects everybody, right? Um, but like you said, the Lakers have such a you know awesome fan base that travel so well. You could make the argument that it might affect us a little bit more than like the Clippers who barely have any fan base whatsoever. Ooh. So, um, you know, it's, it's clearly like to the Clippers advantage when we inevitably mm -hmm. face off in the Western conference finals, like, Oh good. We don't have, you know, all the Lakers hating on us when we are on our own home court. So, um, you know, you could look at it that way and none of us know what it's like to be a professional athlete, right? Like the three of us have performed in various capacities as like high school students, um so like in terms of like our relatability that exactly like how how can we possibly relate to this and put our minds in like in theirs right so if we had to do something without an audience when we're used to having one i think it's like when you walk out there yeah it's bizarre but once you are doing your job so to speak um some of that stuff probably fades away a little bit it like comes and goes right it ebbs mm -hmm. and flows and it's just going to be an adjustment for everybody. Um, I'd imagine, I mean, during the eight regular season games is probably when it's going to really hit you in the face the hardest, right? We're like, this is so freaking weird. But by the time the playoffs start up, you're kind of used to it. And I think 
like you said before, like we all have to adapt to things, especially now. It's just another thing that they're going to have to adapt to. Um, for sure, they're not going to be thinking about that in the middle of like a finals game, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it'll be weird at first, but we'll see. Maybe they'll really pump in that crowd noise like in the arena and you're just going to have some guy on like a mixing board, like turning stuff up every time there's a shot that gets made and like free throws is like kind of medium volume, three pointers a little louder. I don't know. It's just like sure. too much stuff. Yeah. They should do it like street ball where they have a random MC on the court that follows the player. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the professor. <laughs> they call him the king. <laughs> Spider. <laughs> Spadad. Spadad. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. I can't, I can't tell you how long I thought and I thought Donovan Mitchell's tat or like username was Spadad Mitchell instead of Spider D Mitchell. I was like, okay, Spadad, I guess that works. Uh, Spadad, that's amazing. Yeah, don't have Tommy be the MC to that. Spadad Mitchell. Uh, Tommy, yeah, what are, do you have any thoughts about home court advantage? And do you know anything about, I know they were throwing around some thoughts about whether they should give, like, the teams that would normally have home court advantage, like, extra incentives, like maybe gaining two extra possessions because they'd have the ball in the second quarter and the third quarter, or maybe <sighs> having their star players have extra fouls, like LeBron oh, James with oh, seven fouls. Flying in a oh, home no. court literally all the way to Orlando. Dude, I swore, when, just real quick, when I read that, I thought it was a joke. Like, Wait, sorry, what was it? Can you explain that? They they said that they would literally fly the home court's actual court over to oh, Orlando like, and, like, lay it down. So you would see the Lakers emblem, Staples Center, and everything out there in Orlando just so it looks normal or feels yeah, right to yeah. the players. Um, I mean, if they do it, fine, whatever. I don't have a strong opinion. Yeah. But I'll just say my gut reaction when I first saw I'm like, this is an Onion article, right? Like, this is 100% <laughs> a joke. But I think Dave McMenamin posted it. And I'm like, maybe he got duped. Like, this can't be real. But anyway. So my my thoughts on the home court advantage stuff, I, I think they should definitely err on the side of not giving those special advantages, like the extra foul and all that. Like, mm-hmm. there's an undeniable home court advantage being in your, you know, the comfort of people, you know, 20,000 people sitting around you who aren't booing you every time you touch the ball. Like... That's an advantage, but it feels like it's when you when you start adding things like extra fouls and like extra possessions, it's sort of it it sends the wrong message the in three. my opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it sends the wrong it, it sends the wrong message because it's it almost suggests that refs call games more favorably if you're at home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which should not be the case. I mean, we can have a separate discussion about whether that happens or not, but that definitely shouldn't be the case. Um I think, if anything, the new structure helps the Lakers. They have the second best record in the road um, before we went into the lockdown. Famously, some of the other top teams, you know, namely the Clippers, did not have a very good record on the road at all. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it helps It helps us in that sense if, if we're playing on a neutral court. Um, I don't know about – I mean, I, I, there must be some other way – to uh, deal with the courts than than literally having somebody lay down the stable center. I mean, maybe if there are some compromises about not that type of thing specifically, but things similar to that, that, that give people more comfort, I guess I'd be mm-hmm. open to that. Um, but it's just going to be weird. I mean, I think it'll be the only interesting thing that I'm sort of um, waiting to see how this turns out. There are famously guys like in, in history, Sasha Vujic is one that comes to mind who, 
historically performed much better according to we obviously never got to see this mm. but like his, according to Phil Jackson and others performed way better in practice than in actual games that's where he got his like nickname right like they were like in practice this guy literally never misses um, machine and and so it's going to be really 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 interesting for me to see how that translates into these games where it's just I mean, it's going to, yeah, you're playing against a different team, but the hostility and all of that extra anxiety and extra stress that bothers, you know, maybe doesn't bother the elite players, but maybe bother, bo- uh, bother some of like the ninth, 10th, 11th guys on the roster. And that's why they're not like quote unquote star players. But is it going to be the case that some of these random guys just start stepping up and averaging like 20 plus points a game when they never have in their careers? I mean, <laughs> that's possible, right? It, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how removing fans from the equation changes the the psyche of the sport. Because I mean, sports psychology is a real thing. There's like famously, mm-hmm. you know, guys who've, who've had issues dealing with, with, um, with that sort of thing. So maybe anxiety being lowered by having no fans has actual tangible impact on on what the players are, are doing out there. That that's one thing I'm I'm most interested to see to be honest. Yeah, but what if Daisy Ducks yelling at you from you know, the stands? <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, that's to, true. To, to that point though, I'm uh, this is not a joke. I feel like doesn't Dwight Howard shoot free throws pretty well in practice? Oh yeah, you know, like oh, 75% yeah. Totally. or higher. LeBron so, yeah. for that matter. Okay. Yeah. That's true too. And if you don't have that added, you know, that perspective depth, I don't know, it might hurt them, but they shoot free throws in practice without any fans. Right. So I, maybe you'll see a spike in guys' free throws percentages across the board, you know, but the biggest thing would be Dwight Howard, right? Cuz he's getting hacked and if he can even rise to like a 72% free throw shooter, that's huge. So another you know, factor to take into account because of this. So, and the other thing too, that I I like that Tommy mentioned was, you know, tacking on these extra rules and everything, even if it gives the Lakers the benefit, it is kind of watering down the sport even more. And I think even though the Lakers and all these teams don't have the benefit of getting that momentum push from the crowd, I think there are enough different things to kind of get them going, including like I mentioned, like it's the purest form of basketball right now. You know, you still have refs, but at the same time, you're never going to be in a situation like this again where you're not hearing the crowd. You maybe you'll hear some atmospheric noise or 2K sounds or whatever, but really, it's just bas- you're really playing basketball like on the streets with your friends, kind of. You know, um, and that I think should be exciting for the players. That it's almost like the closest thing that they're going to get to when they were balling back in, you know, high school or whatever, just with their friends. It's not going to be just like their friends, but you know what I'm saying in terms of just like you're, you have a lot more things stripped down and it is going to be about basketball. And once you start adding like, oh, LeBron James gets seven fouls or second quarter, third quarter, you guys get an extra possession. That, I feel like it removes from that purity of basketball that you can kind of catch lightning in a bottle with in this situation. So... Uh, yeah, overall going to be very interesting. Uh, to close this show, is there anything that you guys have that you find interesting about the Lakers players? Are there any players in particular that you have questions about that uh, you're intrigued about? Um, I know Pau Gas- there's been this thing about Pau Gasol maybe wanting to return. And at this point, hey, if he wants to retire a Laker in this fashion because everything is going to be an asterisk anyways, I don't think this dilutes the purity of Lakers basketball in any way. In fact, it may be the opposite. Um, he, might not, he might not play at all, but you know, having Pau Gasol as a substitution 
replacement player on the bench might be a really cool thing, especially during a year in which obviously Kobe passed away and all this stuff. But outside of that, do you guys have any... Is there anything about the Lakers players in, in particular that intrigues you, whether it's a particular player or who we sign? Like Tommy mentioned, DeMarcus Cousins. We're going to finally get to see Dion Waiters play, potentially. So oh, my God. I forgot we signed him. <laughs> I'm not joking. I forgot we signed Dion Waiters. Um, but, yeah, Alan, are you, who, what, what player or any aspect particularly interests you? About that was the a perfect segue, Tommy. Um, I saw a picture, I think it's current, of Dion Waiters posing above like a fire pit or something. Um, <laughs> thankfully, there was no fire going on in the pit when he was standing above it. But he looked like he was in damn good shape. He looked slim. Um, yeah, and we know that he uh, can get a little pudgy <laughs> at times. So, oh, sure. again, mm-hmm. if that is a current picture, then um, he looks, yeah, he looks like he's ready and he's in good condition. So, no idea how many minutes he's going to get, but you know, we, we know what he is and he could catch was a flash in a pan, lightning in a bottle, whatever kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Tommy, what about you? Um, for me, probably Kuzma. I think Kuzma never got the, um, he never got the chance to, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say he never got the chance. It, it never really felt like he had the right opportunity to find his exact role. You know what I mean? I think he made really, really strong efforts, particularly after the All-Star break, to sort of create a role for himself, which was energy, mm-hmm. you know, rebounder type guy. But um, mm-hmm. if he can step up offensively, that would just push our team to an entirely new level. It's crazy. We all kind of forget going into the season when DeMarcus got hurt in the offseason we were all like, the only way this team is going to work and be competitive for a top four spot. And it's crazy because we ended up just blowing everyone. <laughs> I mean, blowing away all <laughs> expectations. But yeah. um, I, Kuzma was supposed to be an integral part of us being successful this year. And that's not to say he played like complete crab. He was fine. I mean, his defense significantly improved. His offense mm-hmm. was adequate. Um but if he can step it up offensively, it's really going to make a huge difference for our team. And it's possible that, you know, this time to step away from everything has given... He's a young player. Maybe he's had an opportunity to learn from his mistakes, refine some of the, um, you know, the kinks in his shot and, and things like that. And um, and uh, we'll see if he could put it into practice. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and also on top of that, the thing he was dealing with the most towards the beginning of this season was just all of these knick-knack ailments of his piling up. And every time he turned the corner positively, all of a sudden he'd twist an ankle or something would be sore or whatever. And he never really got to be fully healthy outside of just mentally understand his role because, you know, his role was inconsistent. Um, But... So I agree with you there, just in terms of, I'm really interested to see if Kuzma comes out firing, especially because it's like such a brand new environment. You're not kind of under the same context. I wonder if some players are kind of mentally psyching themselves up to be like, hey, no holds barred. I I can kind of do whatever I want. For some players, that may be to their disadvantage. For some players, it may be to their advantage, especially if they think too much, right? So I'm talking about Kuzma. Kuzma and KCP. Oh, no, I was I was literally just about to say KCP. I think that's another good example. And these are two guys who you, you put them in a gym with no fans, and maybe they are completely different. I, again, I'm not saying we can expect that. And the dangerous thing, though, is that, like, every team has some people like this, you know? So it's going to be yes. a little bit harder to game plan even because you're just not going to know what to expect. Like, we know Lou Williams can do crazy things in the fourth quarter on the road in a gym with 20,000 people booing him, but... 
maybe there's some, I don't even know who the Clippers have at the end of their bench, but like maybe there's some random dude at the end of their bench who is just like going to come in and dr- just rain threes all day, all, you know, every single game. We just don't know. It's, it's going to be really weird. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to add, too, was that technically, like, especially more importantly for players like Kuzma, they just had an off-season, like, off right? And so if you want to look at it this way, he's coming back, what, a fourth-year player, fourth year player at this point? So it'll be interesting to see how guys have improved because technically this time off in, during quarantine is what they typically have in an off-season. And obviously they can't do the same things and work out the same way they would in a typical off-season, but they do have the ability to recuperate both mentally and physically, and work on their own skills at home. And what if some of these guys, I mean, you mentioned this before, Tommy, but some of these guys may come back as literal fourth-year players, or like THT will come back as a sophomore, even though technically this is his rookie season, right? So we do not know how certain players will all of a sudden have a spike in production just because it happened during quarantine because that was their off-season. So that's another interesting thing to kind of monitor. Markeith Morris was doing really well for the Lakers before all this hit, and that'll be interesting to see how he's brought back into the fold amidst all of this. And one thing I'm interested to see with the Lakers is just like how quickly does it take for them to reestablish their identity as this like, you know, bruising force that really hits people back and is super physical. You know, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, Markeith Morris, LeBron, they were all a part of that, like establishing that identity, but without fans, without riling the crowd up, I think this probably hurts Dwight in this respect because he got so much energy from the fans and he also knew how to bring out the best in the crowd. And so um, can they establish that that same sort of bruising mentality on the get-go, even if it's the situation is so, what's it called? Deflated, I guess. So I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I said this image of Dwight like doing this you know, waving his arms up his and arms. down to, to nobody in the gym right now and, and still just having fun with that, actually. That's you know what true. I mean? Like, I, I can see him getting in his own headspace where he is getting the non-existent crowd amped up and excited, and that'll still do something for his his activity and engagement. So, yeah, that just kind of popped into my head. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair for sure. So, uh, yeah, all interesting things to take into account of. Um, I did have one other. Alan, do you have any other thoughts tell me do you have any thoughts uh no basketball is my favorite game that's it (laughs) basketball (laughs) is my favorite favorite game is it sport or game it's it's sport it's sport (laughs) it rhymes with court (laughs) but uh i just like to say game because like i said it covers all the bases it's like monopoly and hard tv and chess and things like that it is a game it goes beyond sports. Uh, all right. I guess, I guess we can uh, end it there. Obviously, we'll have more time to talk about this and suss things out. I'm just excited to see the Lakers back on the court um, and uh, see how everybody adjusts to this sort of uh, environment. Um, yeah, with that said, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. We may also be on YouTube, so you can see me and Alan act a fool and cry what's that? and laugh. Huh? What's, what? what's so that? That's YouTube? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, <laughs> rate and review us five stars on iTunes. Continue to wear your masks when you go outside. Social distance the right way. Yada, yada. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. And the next episode will probably be sometime in July, just as we're about to ramp up and we hear some more news about training camp and all that good jazz. But we wanted to release this episode just to get ourselves, I guess, back into the groove of things and just uh, to acknowledge that 
for now, the season is returning. Basketball is back. It's lit. It's lit. It's lit. I'm wearing my shirt, if you can see it. <laughs> it's very soft. All right. Uh, Alan, Tommy, I'll catch you guys later. Later. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.